Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers. Welcome back to the show. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe. And if you haven't yet, go listen to the episode that came before this because I'm doing a series of episodes answering questions from you guys that all have to do with finding solutions, with living a solutionary lifestyle, controlling the controllables, and of course, shaping your habits in a way that builds positivity and cultivates goodness. I love that phrase, cultivating goodness. P.S. If you haven't joined the Facebook group yet called Cultivating Goodness, it's open to any women that really are just searching for a community of like-minded women that that want solutions, that want positivity, that want support, that want mentorship, advice. Some of the things I've seen posted in that are already like pulling out my heartstrings so much, and that's exactly why I made the group. I don't want to share too much because it's kind of personal stuff, but if you're looking for that, please go find that group on Facebook and fill out the forms to join in. Now, today... We're going to talk about habits and controllables, but this one's going to be a little bit more health-focused, I would say, because there were a lot of questions kind of all shaping around health, fertility, and birth control. And I am in no way a doctor, in no way a pharmacist or a medical person, but I can just share my experiences with it, my searching for answers, and then my process of what I would consider to be detoxing and removing myself from that modern narrative that's shoved onto women onto men and onto families, of course, because it's all really connected, right? We need women to be healthy and men need women to be healthy, just like women need men to be healthy. And then together, we're going to make really strong bonds moving forward. That being said, let's get on into it. I'm excited. But of course, let me guess, you haven't heard this one before. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code MORGAN. Its temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code MORGAN. That's MyPillow.com, promo code MORGAN. Thank you. Okie dokie. So what I found myself doing lately is I have some sort of current event thought that's on my mind, and then I get into the actual topics. And this one actually relates to the whole concept of detoxing and controlling your controllables. So I figured, why not add this in? If you're like me, then you're kind of in the political space. You know what I mean? And I have been actively removing myself from the political space because, you know, my eyes have just been opened year after year and experience after experience to see what really matters, what's truly impactful, and so on. One of those things that I think we can all relate with, and I've discussed it before, is how a major event happens and every political commentator on Twitter on the right says the same thing in a one sentence or two sentence tweet, but they change a couple words in it. And once you start to remove yourself from that mess and look at it from an outside lens, I almost view it as like I'm looking at this um, snow globe 
that's down in front of me and it's a ton of flurries are happening, a ton of things, and you just have to shake the snow globe again and then set it down and then watch the whole flurry thing happen again and then everything settles and then you shake it again and I see that shake of the snow globe happening in terms of like Biden falls down a flight of stairs or something more major happens like something with the vaccine or Afghanistan and everybody's in a flurry and then all the snowflakes settle and I don't in any way mean to call people snowflakes but in this little version, that's what they are. And when I become and when I became, I guess when I became the person looking into that snow globe and being like, oh, wow, it's it's a pattern. It happens all the time and people just change a few words. And what is actually happening from these things? I started to realize how silly it all is and like, wow, I don't need to add my two cents into it. But what can I talk about and what can I do that brings change? And for everybody that's different, for me, I personally feel called to talk about young people decisions. You know what I mean? I think a lot of the experiences I had literally from middle school, high school, college, and the years after college, I went through those experiences just like we all go through our own experiences to be able to learn a lesson, even some of them that are hard, and then help others by sharing our testimony and our experiences. So I personally feel called to do that for young women and any ways where my experiences, even though I'm a woman, could help young men. So I feel called to that specific thing. And for the first time ever, I felt like, wow, I'm not just another snowflake going around the snow globe and being shaken up by every little political or big political thing that happens. So I wanted to just give you some help if you haven't really got to the outside view of the snow globe yet. I've worked in politics for many years, and I have fortunately always been somebody that's been self-employed. I like it like that, okay? I've done that for many reasons. One, because I just like my freedom and my autonomy. I really value my time. I'd rather have more freedom and flexibility than earn more money or have even financial stability. I'd personally rather do that. So that's just my choice. And then on top of that, because I'm a woman, I've always thought, I realized that by being self-employed, by doing more contract work, by being in this type of employment, I could if I needed to, earn money when I'm in my family unit, but spend the most time with my children. And because, you know, you never know what kind of financial situation you're going to be in with your spouse. So I just wanted to become an asset in every way that I could before I even got to that place. And I think it's really, really fortunate that we live in this modern economy where women can bring in money financially, but also have a healthy work balance. Like we don't have to say yes to the nine to five corporate grind. There are other solutions if you need those solutions financially. So I do it for multiple reasons. The big one, though, is really because I had my future family in mind and I just want to be able to spend that time with my kids. I value that so much or even just my family in general. Because of this, though, I've I'm a little aware of how different structures in the political industry work, how different companies work, how organizations work, how candidates work, how politicians work, how their offices work and how their employees all serve them in different capacities. One of those things is understanding how social media really functions in the political world. Now, I should say, there are some people that have their phones, they have their apps, and they tweet out. They literally are the tweeters of things. They post directly. I mean, we know Donald Trump has his phone, right? And he's tweeting or putting on truth, whatever it is. That's literally coming from him, and that can get a little crazy sometimes. But for the most part, when you have really large influencers, really large leaders of organizations, really large political candidates or their political offices, and you see tweets come from them, please understand that most of them, and I'm confident in saying this, most of them are written by interns or the lowest level of staffers. They write them out on a big, long Google Doc, 
potential tweets that could be posted that week, potential tweets that could be posted about an event that happened yesterday or this morning that they think the leader should post, the candidate, the politician, the leader of the organization, whatever it is. They write a ton of them and then they submit them to higher ups. And then the higher ups will maybe say, you know what, we like these four. We're going to run these by the boss. Or they're just going to say, you know what, we like these four. We don't even have to run them by the boss. Just post them on their account. It is so detached from their actual thought process. And it is just literally run by the, the lower employees. But then for some reason, we all feed on these these little pieces of commentary as if they are coming directly from these politicians and that was one of the things when i learned that that was the process i was like this is a do we ever get to hear what they actually have to say do we ever get their actual words that are coming from their brain do we ever see the words that they actually want to type to us and speak to us so Partly, I think that's why Donald Trump did so well, because he you could tell that it was coming from him, even if some of them were a little more aggressive or crazy. But it's because they all tweet the same thing. And it turns out it's just because it's a bunch of interns tweeting drafts that might or might not be accepted by higher up people in the office or by the boss to be allowed to be posted. And it just seems very disingenuous at that point. So that was a really big thing for me. Now. With all that being said, that's just one little tidbit. And I always, whenever I share that, I, I get so interested in how people don't know that. I thought that everybody knew that. So that's why I try and share this kind of fun facts behind the scenes stuff, because I thought that everybody kind of knew that, but I guess not. So I have a few social media detox tips that I want to start with, because what are we talking about? Controlling your controllables. Now, here's the thing. I'm in a pickle because... I worked in politics. A lot of my friends are in politics or a lot of my friends run certain accounts that, you know, they, if I unfollowed them, they would be like, Morgan, what the heck? So the first thing you can do is unfollow unnecessary accounts. I used to follow every news channel, every congressional office page, every politician's page that I kind of liked, kind of whatever. I used to follow random political meme pages. And when I realized that, wait a second, I don't learn anything new from these things. They just share the same stories or they just share the same memes or they just share the same headlines and commentary. My life doesn't change if I see it or not. I just kind of have more and more of this stuff in my timeline and it actually probably adds to the negativity that's in my day if I check social media. Jeez, it's actually going to be a positive thing if I unfollow. I unfollowed all the unnecessary accounts. And to be honest, I follow so many pages on Instagram. I just, it's a lot to go through and unfollow all of them, but I certainly try. The next thing is I'm in a little bit of a pickle where a lot of my friends work in politics. I used to work in politics. I guess I kind of still do. They run pages that I know. I know the people behind the pages. I know the organizations. It would be rude for me to unfollow. And so it's a weird pickle where I can't just unfollow everybody in politics. And I don't think you should. I think you should follow the accounts that give you a proper understanding of the basic facts a little bit of commentary so that you can see, you know, what are the people that I trust and respect? What are they saying about this? Um, and then also, here's the thing. If you don't necessarily want to unfollow a page, but you're just sick of it, I mute a ton of pages because I can't really unfollow my friends. I can't really unfollow all the people, all their political pages. It would be rude if I did that. And I don't want to unfollow them. I'm not trying to de detach myself from my community. But it just becomes overwhelming to see my entire timeline as politics. And so I've just muted a ton of the political commentary pages and all that stuff so that, you know, I just don't see it. And it feels really, really good. OK, so that's my next suggestion. 
Now, the more positive solutionary step is to follow pages that really have nothing to do with any of the mess and more so have to do with solutions or sparking creativity, joy, inspiration, faith, and values, okay? I do that specifically on Pinterest and Instagram. Those are really the only ones that I go on, and now I have that Cultivating Goodness Facebook group. That's the only reason I check Facebook at this point. So when I go onto Instagram and Pinterest, I'm more so inspired for the future and inspired to do, build, create, and have a positive impact in so many different ways. And it really challenges me to learn things, whether it's stuff about homeschool curriculum. I follow a bunch of really cute, like, forest school, homeschool, um, charter school pages because I can see, like, this is what they're doing with their students, and I want to do this one day. So I want to be able to, to see what other people do in the places that I want to be one day. And then I also follow a lot lot of like poems and quotes, C.S. Lewis quotes, and of course, Bible and faith sections. I have all those things. And now social media to me has become more so an enjoyable experience that I limit. So that brings me to my last suggestion for social media detoxing. It's that after you've followed these really positive ones and you've muted or unfollowed the unnecessary political ones or the ones that really just add negativity to your day, to your soul, I challenge you to to actually add social media time to your day, but limit it, set a time for it, and have a purpose for going on to it. Because now I see it more as like, okay, I'm going to spark my creativity and I'm going to get a little fire under my butt and I'm going to go on social media to do XYZ today. And by that, I mean I'm either going to look into projects that I'm currently doing or I'm going to get inspiration for future things, or I'm going to creatively read. I'm not going to read political stuff. I'm not going to read political commentary. I'm going to creatively read. So that means poems, long paragraphs and quotes, stuff like that. I love that kind of stuff on Pinterest, or devotionals that are on Pinterest as well. That kind of stuff. It's adding, I don't want to say useless, but like adding things that aren't political or current events related or world news related that are just honestly good for the heart. That has been so good for me, and it's made me get more excited about reading again. But going back to projects, one example like for me is there's a room that I want to turn into a library, so I'm all about looking at the different structures of the rooms, the different setups, the different kind of plants, the way that I can build that environment. That's a little creative project for me that's adding a lot of inspiration and fun to my day. And then for writing, because I love writing and I'm I'm trying to work on, uh, I have a few books that I, I type into, but It's not like I'm I'm writing a book, but one day it would be nice if I could publish them. What I like to do, and whether you enjoy writing a book or not, you could do this. I like to go on and save inspiration and quotes that I want to include in the book. So I'll spend, like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes looking for quotes or excerpts from books or anything that really kind of relates to certain chapters in the book that I'm writing that I can add into the book that I can include as references, stuff like that. So I do that. And then, of course, this is one of my favorite things is I have a future time that I dedicate to my day where I research and gather information and try and learn about things that I want to do in the future. So that can be homesteading, homeschooling, homemaking. I have a garden set up. I have a calendar Excel sheet where I take information from Pinterest and then put it into like when I would do my first planting of those seeds in the spring, when I could harvest them, when I could replant, all these different things like I just really love to immerse myself in that kind of process. And that has made my experiences with social media so much more positive because I feel like I'm actually learning. It's almost like a digital library in that way. 
So using social media and the internet for positive things, it can totally happen. Okay, that's my suggestion. Now, the next question also has to do with detox, and it's a little bit different. It says, are you doing any current detox protocols to prepare for future pregnancies? That's kind of a loaded question because it's like, of course, I want to be blessed with babies. I have no idea, and I don't want to idolize it or obsess over it or anything like that and like get all worked up about it just to see that that's not the will that will be done. You know what I mean? And so it's like a, a weird, touchy thing. But even though it's something that we have no idea what will happen in our future, I still think all women should understand that, you know, for most of us, this is going to happen. There are so many things that we could do to just make that experience in the future much more positive. Right now, we have a situation of like, I think one in five women are struggling with fertility in America today. And a lot of it is because we are not controlling the controllables. And we kind of keep our head in the sand to really obvious information and facts out there. And then when it becomes time to, because, you know, we've found a husband and we've settled down and we want to have babies, then we lift our head out of the sand and we're like, okay, I'm going to get pregnant now. And so many of us go, wait a second, why isn't it happening for me? Why am I struggling? What's going on? And it's because we've really abandoned our roots here. We've abandoned basic health, knowledge, and awareness. And we have done things like, I don't know, beyond birth control for 10 years. And it's completely thrown off our reproductive system. And now we think, okay, I'm just going to get off the pill and I'm going to be pregnant and it's going to be fine because that's what the doctor said. That's what society told me was the key empowerment. And because of all of the scams that we've been sold, women feel completely thrown off when it doesn't exactly work out the way that they were hoping. So, of course, there are aggressive detoxes and and processes that you guys can do. I don't want to get into the details of those because I I just don't know enough and I haven't done any of them. But what I do know is that if you do want to do one of those more aggressive detox situations, you can't do it once you're pregnant because it's not okay for the baby. The baby needs all the nutrients. The baby needs you to be eating healthy, all this stuff. It needs stability. It cannot go through a detox with you, your baby. So if you're going to do one of those more aggressive detoxes, like one of the metal detoxes and stuff like that, again, I don't want to share any details because I haven't experienced them personally. You need to do them before you get pregnant, okay? Because there's no going back and trying to do it once you have a baby in your room. Now, to me, the more important detox that we can all make from a much earlier age before we're ever even considering that kind of stuff is a lifestyle change to encourage fertility. Okay, like I said, one in five women struggle with fertility in America. It's very, very concerning. But then when you look at our diet, when you look at the way we live, it starts to make a little bit of sense. You know what I mean? So with controlling the controllables, these are all easy changes to make when you see the bigger picture. For me, I've removed toxins from my life. I've removed processed foods with chemicals that are not food, but just chemicals mixed together to look like food. I don't like to do dairy with the weird hormones anymore. I'll maybe talk about that more in detail in the future, but really consider looking into that, how dairy with hormones can really throw off a woman's insides. And then, of course, I avoid synthetic estrogen and artificial fragrance. And it was these core changes to me, like literally just only eating whole foods, avoiding foods that are slathered in chemicals, avoiding chemicals that are mixed together to look like food. 
I, I just truly am not even interested in eating them anymore because as soon as I realized, wait, why would I want to put that in my body? I'm 25 or I was 24 when I really changed on this, but I, I'm 24, 25, 26 years old. Why would I want to put that inside of my body that I want to I want to become pregnant one day? Why would I do that to myself? So I just started making these changes and it's honestly super simple when you change your mindset on it. So control those controllables in terms of what you're putting in and on your body. The next thing is stress control. I've been really looking into cortisol levels and how your body is definitely not interested in getting pregnant if your cortisol levels are high. And it doesn't mean you won't get pregnant if you're stressed out, of course, but your cortisol levels can really impact your overall health, your immune system. And when your immune system, when your body is weak, your body is not saying, yep, what we want to do right now is get pregnant and make a healthy baby. You know what I mean? And so protecting your internal peace, and I personally think that will come from a relationship with God, that will help calm us, give us internal peace, and optimize our hormone balance. I don't want to be stressed out for many reasons, but especially when I saw it connecting to our other systems in our body and especially our fertility and our digestive system and our ability to remove toxins, all these different things, I saw how connected it was. I really decided I wanted to protect my internal peace. And then when I saw an Instagram page called Ancestral Fertility post about how it could potentially be linked to infertility to have a lot of stress in the body, I was like, whoa, okay, now I extra, extra, extra care about this. And of course, we all can't just remove stress from our lives. Human nature causes stress. Human nature causes drama and situations. I know that, okay? But there are certain things that we can do in our personal lives to prevent us from having these situations. Now, what I thought was really interesting, I watched a recent um, a recent service from Church of the Highlands, and it was actually on sex and sexuality. Fantastic, fantastic video. I'm going to link it. I have a website, morganzeggers.com. I haven't put it up yet, but I think I'm going to link my favorite Church of the Highlands services in case anybody wants to go watch them. But the sex and sexuality one was so good, and it it related, the topic related to so many other things, but Pastor Chris was saying, God's plan for us gives us such a level of internal peace. It's really, he's giving us the best practices. It's not that he wants us to have a boring life. It's not that he wants us to suffer from boredom while everybody else is out there doing cool, fun, rebellious stuff and enjoying their life and living it up and YOLO and all that, everything. No, it's, it's God wants the best for us. And he knows that if we followed his plan, we would have true internal peace. We would be at rest with our souls. And when you connect the the faith part of it to the science part of it, I believe that so much. Like some people say science disproves God, but I would say that the attention to detail, when you look at things like our hormone balance, when you look at things like like cortisol levels or bonding chemicals that come when we bond with another person, all these little details are actually more proof that there has to be a higher power. He cares about us so much, and that's what the pastor was saying there too, that because of all these little details in there, when you read God's word and it tells you the things that you should be doing with your life, and then you see the science behind it, you're like, wait a second. This is just further proof that this is right for us to be doing. So I thought that was really cool. And once again, really reaffirms the need for us to optimize our hormone balance and stay calm and relaxed and and do what's best for us and our future families. Now, two more things with the whole concept of protocol detox for preparing for future pregnancies. One other thing that I find so interesting, more and more, and I am no expert on it, I'm trying to do it right now, 
is living in touch with my cycle. Uh, it's a scam to have taught women and men that we are the same. They teach girls that they're physically the same as boys in school, and I think that's disturbing, and vice versa, because in reality, women operate on a monthly cycle. Our hormones are changing four times or whatever a month because we have those four stages of a cycle every 28 days or so. It's a little different for everybody, and men are pretty much stable. <laughs> so that alone is like, well, if our whole internal and external peace and health is connected to our hormone balance and certain hormones in our body and women and men are completely different in terms of women being on a hormone cycle and men just kind of being stable don't you think that's important to differentiate and communicate that difference to boys and girls and young you know teens and then college students and then young families it kind of matters and so if you're a boy listening to this i hope that you can benefit from this information too because don't you want to understand women and shouldn't women want to understand men because we're supposed to be finding our partner in life and then succeeding to the highest degree by supporting each other understanding each other all that stuff so this is kind of crucial now so i'm going to keep looking more and more into this but i just wanted to put it out there that it's something that's definitely piqued my interest it makes sense from what i've read so far it makes sense when i see things that say hey, when you're on your period, perhaps you shouldn't be doing heavy lifting at the gym. Perhaps you should be doing maybe some calm yoga, some walking, or some light swimming. Like When you read this stuff, it's kind of like, wow, this, this is so common sense. It hurts that I never really thought of it like that before. But I think part of it is that society just wants to beat it into our heads that women are the same. We're weak if we say, oh, we're on our periods. We shouldn't do X, Y, Z. We should rest, all this stuff. It's like, well, maybe we should just be celebrating the process that makes us women. But whatever. I'm looking more and more into it. Okay. And the last thing for detoxing protocols, and I need men to listen to this too. I removed myself from birth control. Now, I understand that I'm in a tiny little vacuum of like-minded women when it comes to being on my social media, being in my friend group, all of that. Most girls that I know that I communicate with have removed themselves from birth control. It takes me a little bit of time to remember that I am in the the weirdo zone because if you put me in a room with a normal girl or normal girls, I probably wouldn't even know what to say because I'm an ako taco, an awkward taco because I'm just a weirdo. And I get that most of them, if you tell a random girl out there, maybe a sorority girl, hey, your birth control is a scam and it's actually affecting your entire health and it could affect really important things down the road like your fertility, they would look at you like you are an anti-woman crazy lady because that's the narrative. The narrative is that birth control is super healthy, super helpful to help even, you know, say you get pimples when you're on your period. Well, birth control could help it. Say uh, you want to be empowered to embrace hookup culture and casual sex. Well, birth control has empowered women to be able to do that. So the narrative is very against this, and I get that, but I understand that I'm in a circle of women that we look at birth control and we're like, oh, it's a scam. Wait, you haven't gotten off of birth control yet? You didn't even know it's a scam? Okay, sit down. We need to talk. That's where I am, and then I, I meet others out there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we got a lot of work to do. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not going to make this all about the scam that is birth control, but the bottom line is that, like I was saying, everything in our body is connected to our hormones. When you get put on hormonal birth control— it basically shuts down your system. It makes it seem, what they tell you, in case you guys didn't know this, 
what they tell you when you go on it when you're a teenager, just because you maybe got some pimples or you have bad cramps, your doctor looks at you and says, oh, well, you should go on birth control. You just have to take this pill every night, um, once a day, every day for the rest of your life until you're ready to have babies. And then they could also say you could try an IUD, which is something that's inserted into you and lives in your body and can cause some serious problems. What they tell you when you do this is that it just stops your period from happening, that everything's working fine in your body. Nothing is being thrown off. You simply just aren't going to bleed. You aren't going to get your period. And they don't really explain why or anything like that, but they just say that you will not get pregnant. You won't get pregnant. Now, when you think of how precious this process of reproduction is, how precious the process of menstruation, of ovulation, I mean, that's a really special thing. And it only happens for a handful of years in a woman's life. And to disrupt it is kind of a big deal. But instead, they look at teenagers and say, oh, you got some pimples? I have an idea for you. How about you take this pill every day for the rest of your life until you want to have babies one day? And then when you meet your husband and you want to have a baby, you just take it, stop taking it, and everything will be fine, and you can have your baby. That's what they tell girls. It's disturbing. So it didn't take much for me to, once I saw basic information, to look a little bit more into it and have my jaw drop to the floor and say, okay, I was one of these girls that got scammed. I also went on it when I was a teenager for pimples and cramps and who knows what other reason, but my my family doctor when I was a teenager said this would be a good idea. And I took a pill every day for almost 10 years of my life. So what company benefits from that? Yeah. First of all, ask yourself that question. If you have to take a pill every single day for your for a decade of your life at least until it's time for you to have a baby, imagine the kind of profit that's getting experienced there. But I digress. So Morgan figures it out. A bunch of her friends figure it out. We all say we're going to go off of birth control. We all do it. And I go to my OBGYN and I tell her that I am getting off birth control. I, I don't want to do it anymore. You guys, 24-year-old Morgan got the pushback of a lifetime. And by that, I mean five different times at least. This OBGYN who had no questions for me about, you know, you're 24 years old because I'm 26. So this happened about two years ago. She had no questions for me of like, hey, do you have a boyfriend? Are you getting engaged anytime soon? Are you married? You know, I didn't have a ring on, but are you married? What are your life plans? Are you interested in getting pregnant anytime soon? Do you have any questions about what it means to get pregnant? Do you have any questions about your fertility? Do you have any questions about motherhood, about your body? No questions about that. But five times in a row, instead, she said, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to get off birth control? Are you sure, Morgan, you could get pimples like a teenager could? That was her reason. You could get cramps like a teenager would. Morgan, are you sure? What if you meet someone and, you know, something happens that night? Morgan, are you sure you could get pimples? And I'm sitting there on that table thinking, okay, well, and I didn't say this, but in my head I'm thinking, you know, based on what I read on all of the resources that I've accumulated leading up to this appointment, I'm pretty horrified at the fact that my reproductive system was basically halted and I have not been having proper menstruation for 10 years because I was told that everything was normal. I just wouldn't get pregnant and I would just not have any more pimples and I wouldn't have any more cramps and 
everything would be fine. I just wasn't going to bleed very much. That's what I was told. You just have a light period, you won't get pregnant, and you won't have any symptoms. And then you would get rid of all your pimples and your, your cramps. That's what girls are told. So I'm sitting there on that table thinking, I was just scammed for 10 years because as a teenager, I was told this is a totally normal thing and society sells this to us. I think after reading the horrible stuff that I have read about the impacts of birth control on my precious, on my precious, precious, precious reproductive system that I would very much like to be healthy and working in a few years, right? I think I would rather have some pimples than have my entire reproductive system halted, my entire hormonal balance disrupted by this stupid, stupid medication. That's what I was thinking on that table. And it made me even more mad because I'm Morgan Zeggers, right? I love looking into this stuff. I am obsessed with it. I have a podcast on it. I am a commentator on this stuff. I care about young women out there. I'm pretty vocal, I guess you could say. You know, it's like I'm a public speaker. I get paid money to go speak at these things for young women. I am vocal about this stuff. I'm sitting on this table and I'm getting pressured by this doctor to what, pick no pimples over a completely shut off reproductive system when I want to have babies in a few years? That's where I'm saying. And it made me mad because it's like, what if a young girl that maybe is a little hesitant because she's still hearing the lies of the narratives of society. She's still hearing all this stuff. She's nervous on the table. She's got the expert doctor telling her that she's making a mistake and she feels pressured and she can't stand up for herself because she feels like, okay, well, the whole world is against me on this. I guess I'm the wrong one. I'll stay on it. You know what I mean? It's like if somebody's not as prepared as I was because I'm a weird nerd on this stuff then they might be swayed to continue to follow and toe the line for these nasty big pharma companies and this weird female empowerment narrative that actually just shoves us into a hole in the ground. That's why I got frustrated. So that was my experience. So the fact that I had that experience makes, makes me even more passionate about the fact of like when I find a girl that's on birth control, I'm like, hey, <laughs> we should talk. Now, I say all of this and I know that you know, there are men that listen to this show. I say this for the girls out there that need to know it and need to make the decision to get off of it. And I'm not telling you you have to do this or that, but you need to make that decision. You need to look into the facts because I'm telling you, if you had my experience, which most girls have, then you don't know the information. You don't know what's actually happening. Birth control can do many things. One of them is, hey, did you know that a lot of the crap that we consume and put onto our skin, a lot of the synthetic hormones that are in the products that are in the plastics, that's actually what's causing our insane, terrible, painful cramps or our really heavy bleeding or our really, really bad acne. Like that's all just hormone imbalance. It's not our period's fault. It's not the fault of a process that is really precious. We shouldn't shut down the entire system for it. So if you knew that those symptoms shouldn't be that extreme, then it might actually help you out because it turns out when girls are experiencing these really, really hardcore symptoms that we call, oh, it's just PMS, PMS shouldn't actually be that bad. And when it is, it can actually be indicative that you might have infertility issues in your future. You might have something wrong with you. You might have PCOS. You might have endometriosis. And so when doctors put us on birth control, they're actually hiding the symptoms that could be trying to show you, that could be your body trying to tell you, hey, we've actually got a really serious problem. So then these girls that have true health issues get on birth control, it suppresses their symptoms, and then 10 years down the road when they meet their husband and it's time to have babies, there's an issue. And 
it turns out that for 10 years they could have been trying to solve a problem that they didn't even realize they had because their symptoms were suppressed. So that's one of the issues. The other one is there is more and more linkage to the fact that this could be causing infertility. And I'm not going to say that hardcore, but there is more and more information out there. So not only should women care, but men, please care about this too. If we are traditional conservatives, then we should care about men leading the family unit and not just being like, eh, that's girl stuff. Because men out there, you have girlfriends, you have wives, you have daughters, granddaughters, and I challenge you to take an important role in their lives and protect them from this really, really big mistake that they could be making. And of course, it's a very hard topic to discuss because you're the man that's coming in and telling her what to do with her body. But please don't frame it like that. Please show her all the information and just make sure that this is an informed decision. Everybody, both genders, because there's two, both genders should care about female fertility and reproductive health. And, you know, I'm not as well read on the men's health in that department, but we women should also care about that, too. I just don't know much about it. (laughs) Okay, and that being said, we are going to end this episode and then move into a part three next time because there's just a lot more topics on this. I want to cover a little bit more on this topic. Somebody asked about Plan B, so I'm going to discuss that in the next episode. It's unfortunately another thing where we've been sold a completely misleading narrative. But you guys, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm going to start putting these up on my website soon, morganzeggers.com. It's not up yet in terms of like the podcast section, but I just want more of a home for these kind of things to live. So it's more of an archive and a resource. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe because we're going to do a part three next time. Thank you. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.